Chapter 9, Treasure. Luke 12, 32 through 34. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some of the situations Jesus took his disciples into were crazy. Some of the things they managed to live through together were incredibly dangerous. Even just a cursory reading of the Gospels would make a person say that Jesus lived his life right on the edge. The stories those guys were able to tell for the rest of their days were not the safe, prudent anecdotes of your average Joe. No, these stories were the stuff of legend. These were the harebrained exploits of a group of foolhardy, fearless adventurers. That is to say, Jesus was certainly fearless. I think most of the time, the rest of the disciples were reluctantly tagging along, bracing themselves for the worst and hoping to at least have a pulse at the end of the day. Don't believe me? Okay, when was the last time you were in a tiny fishing boat when a deadly storm started ripping the world to pieces in the middle of the night with no lights and no life vest? When was the last time you did that twice? When was the last time the entire population of a town decided to murder your boss with you standing there and formed a mob to chase him up to a cliff and throw him off? One time, there was a guy who was completely out of his mind, living in a graveyard, cutting himself with rocks, and so empowered by demons that he ripped up chains with his bare hands. Did Jesus hang back and avoid this situation? Absolutely not. He fearlessly marched right up into this dude's face and stood toe-to-toe with the evil spirits who were destroying this man's life. Jesus and his disciples slept out in open fields where there were bandits and wild animals. They kicked off the preaching campaign to change the world with no money, no reserved lodging, and no guaranteed food. Jesus was threatened again and again by his political enemies. And one time, the guys were all standing beside him when the religious leadership picked up rocks to stone him to death. Before his public ministry began in earnest... Jesus had a 40-day prize fight with Satan himself. He went 15 rounds with the one Job calls the king of terrors, and he lived to tell about it. If I'd been one of the disciples when that little story was told, I I wouldn't sleep for a month. I'd be wondering if and when the devil was going to show up for some more. Jesus led his guys fearlessly into whatever needed to be faced. And that's the way good leaders do things. All the best leaders are servants, and all the best teachers are examples. They're the first into danger and the last out of a fight. It's stirring to follow someone who actually practices what they preach. There's an urgency and an intoxication about sincerity that makes you get on board. And I don't mean the kind of sincerity that's forced or mustered up in order to cover for a lack of wisdom or direction. I'm talking about authentic sincerity that comes from a level-headed, measured conviction that this decided course is the best and only way to move forward. Jesus had that conviction, and it resonated in the bones of those 12 guys and gave them a courage they did not have on their own.
If your leader practices what he preaches, then his message immediately gains the very thing every advertiser is aiming for, credibility. This was the heart of Jesus's criticism of the religious leaders. In Matthew 23, he told the people they had to listen to the leadership because those guys sat in Moses' seat and they had the power of the law on their side. But then he said, but do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach. It was a stinging indictment. Why listen to someone who isn't convinced? Why follow someone who doesn't live out their own words? Jesus always did. In Luke 12, he was teaching them about worry and trusting God. He told them not to worry about food or clothes or even their own life. He said you can't add an extra hour to God's plan for your life. He told them not to set their hearts on worldly things and not to run after them. He told them to seek first the kingdom of God and their heavenly father would take care of them. He told them not to be afraid, but to freely give what they had to those who had none. He said, provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The really cool thing is, Jesus didn't just say that stuff. He also believed it. He didn't just preach that message. He also lived it out. Peter tells us that when Jesus was being tortured and humiliated, he didn't retaliate. But instead, he trusted God. 1 Peter 2.23 says, Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. When he was on the cross, Jesus had been up all night and had gone the whole morning without eating. He trusted God in his hunger. They took all of our Lord's clothes and left him naked. He trusted the Father in his humiliation. He didn't try to add an hour to God's plan for his life, but trusted the Father. He faced the worst imaginable pain and desolation of spirit without being afraid, but simply trusting the Father. He gave everything he had for us, the poor and needy of spirit. Jesus lost everything, and the world he made abandoned him. He was pouring out his life unto death for us. He was making for himself a treasure in heaven that would never wear out. Jesus gave everything to make us his own because he didn't just preach about your treasure being where your heart is. He also lived it out. And here's the thing. You are his treasure in heaven. You are his purse that will never wear out. You are the one he gave everything for. For more on this, get yourself to a quiet place. Read Luke 12, 22 through 34 and 1 Peter 2, 19 through 24. What did it mean for Jesus to practice what he preached? How did he live out his own message? And how does it feel for you to know that he was thinking of you with joy while he suffered? Let him know how you feel.